Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings, Podcast 98. I don't have anything really new going on, so I decided to do my first ever, what I will call, retro review. And I did find the Star Wars pinball of sorts, so I will talk about that in the second section. And hopefully, you'll enjoy the show. So as I mentioned in the intro, I don't really have anything new going on in gaming right now. Kind of mostly just doing stuff I already have. I've picked up Mass Effect 3 again, so I'm playing that every few days. Kind of stopped playing League of Legends for a little bit. Might go back to that again later. Still working through Dead Space 3. So really I think the only thing that I can think of to talk about since I tried half a dozen iOS games and they were all poop I didn't like is to do sort of a retro review. And I will define that as any game which has been out for six months or longer. So, you know, it's not retro in the sense of, like, 80s arcade games or something. You know, it's just something that might be a little bit older, might not be something people are looking out for. But I don't necessarily want to call it a bargain bin kind of thing, because, I don't know, there's sort of a negative connotation with that. But since I... Am kind of too poor to pick everything up right at launch. There are several things that might be on my list, as it were, that I might pick up, you know, a little bit later when it gets cheaper. And so things in the retro review category might be ones, you know, that you might also want to look at picking up for the cheap. I'm kind of doing this sort of unplanned, so a lot of it is just from memory, and a lot of it haven't necessarily analyzed in a review style way, so it might not be the best retro review out there. But I can't think of anything else to talk about this week for, you know, a big main section. So, it is what it is. This game is Alice Madness Returns, which is out for pretty much everything. It's out for PC and pretty much all the consoles, I believe. It is by Spicy Horse, which is run by American McGee. It originally came out in June of 2011, and I got it on Steam on sale for, I think it was right around 5 bucks. It's typically, I think, about 10 to 15 bucks. So it's pretty cheap these days. If you were not familiar with the original American McGee's Alice, this game is sort of set in a, I guess you could say, darker or maybe more twisted version of the Alice in Wonderland sort of story. This one sort of follows after the first game. You don't necessarily need to have played through the first game. There isn't really like any tie-ins or anything. But it is basically about Alice returning to Wonderland, and Wonderland is not quite what she recalls. A lot of it is getting industrialized, and it's kind of falling apart, and there are, like, pollution goo monsters you have to fight, and there's sort of distorted other things that you can tell, you know, what they were supposed to be, but they're obviously not the happy original Wonderland version that, you know, should be. So you are trying to run around and recover your memories and figure out what is going on, and, you know, set things back to the way they should be. I guess you could call it an action platformer. There is an awful lot of jumping, there is some combat, and there is a little bit of puzzle solving. The graphics are all very cool, 
and highly stylized, you know, in sort of a cartoonish sort of imaginary way. One of the biggest gripes by the reviewers when this game came out was that there was a lot of areas that seemed like you should be able to travel, you know, through this area, you know, say a spot in a wall, but you actually can't. Being a game designed for consoles, you know, sort of funneled through, here's this straight area you're supposed to go down, here's this sort of arena area where you do, like, you know, jumping or puzzle solving, and so it is a very focused direction. There is a lot of cool stuff going on in the background. The game is always very scenic and very cool to look at. The sound is very good, but it's kind of minimal. I don't recall there being a whole lot of sound, you know, other than the characters talking, which there is a lot of voice acting and a lot of story. And really, that's kind of the main reason why I would recommend you play through the game is to hear this cool story. I think there is music, though I don't actually remember, you know, any sort of time where I was like, oh, this music is so awesome. I think it sort of just fades in and out of the background, which is why I don't really remember it, which means it's neither amazing nor terrible. It is, you know, passable and good, which is, you know, always good. I don't necessarily play a game specifically for their soundtrack. Very few games have, you know, a soundtrack as their main sound source, and this is one of those cases. I would say, though, that you might want to play the game on easy, because I chose to play it I think on hard, and it is just, like, really unforgiving in some parts. And these parts may or may not be affected by the difficulty, because a lot of the parts that really frustrate me are these really exacting sort of jump puzzles. You have to jump from here to here to here, or you have to jump from here to here and then shoot at this, you know, thing which is timed, which will stop. And if you blow it, you have to go back and and try again. And so I've been really frustrated in some of those parts. And that's kind of a a big deal coming from somebody who has played games, you know, as long as games have existed. I have played numerous jumping puzzle type games. So it's not like I'm unskilled in jumping and or, you know, timing in general. I would qualify myself as very skilled. I wouldn't say I'm like super pro expert level or anything, but I am... Certainly above average, I would say. And so I think if the difficulty setting you choose affects sort of the timing and spacing of jumps, I would, you know, say go for an easier version. Though I don't really know if that is something that can be affected by difficulty. I would be kind of surprised if it was, though that would be, you know, very intelligent design and very good, you know, for those who didn't want that difficult of a challenge. Because like I said, there are some points which are so ridiculously exact. You'll die, and you'll die, and you'll die, and you'll die, and you'll get really frustrated. The death system is kind of odd, I would say. At some points, you have an infinite number of lives. Like if you're trying to do, you know, jumping from point A to point B, and you miss a jump, and you fall, you know, to an infinite death, you'll, you know, fall, and you'll poof, and you'll die, and you'll reappear. You know, usually at the beginning of that jumping sequence. And it seems like you can do that any number of times. But once you get to a boss fight, you have pretty much one life to live. Your life bar thing will appear on the screen. And once you run out of those, you know, hit points, if you push, you know, continue, because it asks you if you'd like to continue or not. If you push to continue, it will start you back at whatever the previous checkpoint was that it last saved at. You don't have any control of, you know, where it saves. And in some points, 
there were times where I would go through this whole level, get to the boss fight, die against the boss, and then I would restart at the beginning of the level, which was sometimes as long as about, I would say, 7 to 10 minutes of play back, which seems like a pretty harsh penalty. Other times there were bosses where I would, you know, fight and die, and I would start only just like one minute back. So it seems like they didn't have the greatest of sort of save points set up for the level. And so that seemed kind of confusing, you know. On the one hand, you have this majority of the game where you have, you know, infinite lives, as it were, and then this battle against the boss, you die. Oops, now you have to restart the last, you know, 7 to 10 minutes of gameplay you did. There are several different environments in the game, one of which is sort of an old-time London you know, during the time that Alice was written, I believe. The majority of the game will take place in Wonderland, which has different sections. I think I'm in, like, the third section of Wonderland. And they all have sort of different scenery and different themes as to what's going on in the background and what the story is of that section and what, you know, Wonderland characters they involve. The majority of them are ones people will be familiar with, but I think some of them are more book limited, you know, not things that were in the animated stuff you may or may not have seen. So some of the characters might be less familiar to you, but they all introduce themselves and they have, you know, conversations with Alice and tell Alice what is going on and why their section is bad. And so it's a very cool sort of revealing of what is going on, you know, in Wonderland, as well as, you know, the occasional recovery of memory and return to London to figure out, you know, what happened to Alice and why is she, you know, thinking about Wonderland in this way to begin with. I would say if you are interested in sort of a darker twist to the Alice in Wonderland stories, you might be very interested in picking it up. Like I said, you might want to play it on easier modes because I think really the harder mode that I am playing through is a bit much. I am finding myself, you know, far more interested in the story and what's going on and just exploring the world in general, as opposed to, you know, how tough is the combat. And like I said, hopefully, you know, easier one will tone down the difficulty of the exactness of the jumping and timing puzzles, because they are kind of a bit annoying and over the top, and several times I've stopped playing the game for days at a time, because it's just, you know, that frustrating. But overall, you know, for a retro game, as it were, I would say it's definitely worth the small bit of money to check it out and pick it up, you know, on sale or maybe used from somebody or someplace. And although I have not finished it, it's been pretty fun and a great story. So as you may recall from last podcast, I had mentioned Star Wars Pinball for the iOS. I found it, and it turns out I'd actually read the sort of announcement incorrectly, and that's probably why I couldn't find it originally. The Star Wars Pinball boards are actually three different boards 
for an existing app called Zen Pinball. It also may exist on your online store for your console. They have an icon for the PlayStation Network and one for the Wii Network specifically. I would assume that, you know, if they're on those, they're probably also on the Xbox Network as well. So it might exist for your console of choice. Doesn't seem to exist for PC, but Zen Pinball is free for the iOS and it comes with one board. There are a few different graphical options. Not really sure, you know, what difference they make. Maybe they're just there for different versions of the phone that may be more or less powerful, you know, turn off particle effects and that sort of thing. I noticed that you can play podcasts as the music if you choose to, you know, run the podcast in the background. It automatically detected, so it didn't even ask me. Being pinball boards, they are fairly colorful, I would assume. You know, I only have access to the one free one. So I don't know if it would be good for colorblind people or not. I'm not sure, you know, if the range of color would be acceptable or not. There are several different kinds of boards besides the Star Wars boards. I guess those are just the newest. There are several different Marvel ones, like they have a few for the X-Men. There's one for Thor. There's one for the Hulk. I did only try the free board. If you have your iPhone set up vertically... It shows the entire board and doesn't zoom in at all. If you rotate it on the side, it zooms in just a little bit. I suppose it's not, you know, too far or too close, you know, based on, you know, the overall size of the phone compared to the pinball board you are playing on. But I would have preferred it zoom in a bit more. And because it doesn't, I think it's probably a little too difficult to play on the iPhone. And so because of that fact, I decided not to try out the various Star Wars boards. Because if this is, you know, how the core of the game runs, I don't expect they would change the engine all that much. You know, just because they're adding on new board content. If anyone does decide to pick it up and, uh, you know, let me know how it works out, I would love to hear it. But the Star Wars boards were also $2 each. You know, it's kind of like I predicted it wouldn't exactly be cheap, but... You know, if you're going for all three boards, that's, you know, six bucks right there. Plus, you know, as I mentioned last time, I'm not real comfortable with the sort of in-app purchase type games where they just purchase more and more and more and more content and there isn't like an option to pay, you know, a flat fee of like five bucks or whatever and unlock everything. It's like that's six dollars right there. Let's say you get really into them and you love them and they come out with a couple more. You know, are they also going to be $2 each? Probably. So that seems just kind of like a big money trap, as they say. I mean, you know, $2, even if you get all three and it's $6, you know, not a big deal. You know, it's pretty cheap. So I suppose, you know, I'm not really complaining about anything very valid. But I don't know, it seemed kind of expensive. Many of the regular game apps on the iOS store have free versions that you can try out a few levels or you know, demo it for a little while. And if I took, you know, Zen Pinball as, you know, a demo, it didn't really seem quite ideal, you know, because it is such a small size on the iPhone. If I was on a tablet, um, maybe. The, the bigger tablet would probably be big enough for me to feel comfortable with it. That new mini iPad tablet would probably be too small because that's not actually a whole lot bigger than the phone. Certainly for the consoles, you know, if it exists for the console, you might want to look at it there. 
I assume, you know, Zen Pinball would have their basic board free on there as well. And you can try it out and check it out. And certainly, you know, on a full-size, you know, HGTV screen, it should be a lot easier to see and, you know, be more interesting to play. So overall, I don't really think I can recommend for or against the Star Wars pinball boards because, I don't know, I personally feel that the size limits it a bit too much because it doesn't zoom in and, it you know, you can't really see all that well. But since I am, you know, unable to check it on a tablet, since I can't, you know, go on a console and check it out there, I really can't give it a fair vote for or against it overall for, you know, any device that is not the phone. So I will leave it up to you. Zen Pinball is free to download, so you can check out their one free board. And, um, you know, if you like it a lot, you might want to go ahead and pick up the Star Wars boards. They do look very cool, like I said. The graphics on the free board are very nice. And there was one time I got into, like, bonus area and went to a smaller board. You know, many of the video game pinball games do that. And so it did seem potentially very cool. But due to the small size, you know, it felt really just too limited to play on my phone. In news for this time, if you are interested in playing League of Legends and you have a Mac and you would like to play a Mac native version, there's now a Mac beta client. From what I read, it seems like the Mac community will be completely separate from the PC community and it will be its own different client once it is, you know, fully live as it were. So I find that a little bit odd because, you know, there are millions and millions and millions of players. And why would you want to break up that community? Especially since, you know, so few players are Mac-based. You know, not to insult that community or anything. But it is something like, you know, 10% or less of the overall community. So that's, you know, a much smaller number. Something like that, you know, you'd always want to have a lot of opponents and a lot of people to play. Although, you know, I do appreciate a small community, you know, that is competitive. Because then you can get to know the players a little bit better. So I don't know, maybe it may be something that is more interesting in that sense. But I don't know, having it on two separate clients, I don't know, something like that. I don't know, I, I always think it would be better having a, a single unified community. But if you are on a Mac and you are interested in a Mac native League of Legends, the beta is out there. And I think you just need to go to the website and sign up for it and then, you know, you're in. Mass Effect 3 just launched their downloadable content, The Citadel. It does look interesting to me. The other ones kind of looked sort of interesting, not as interesting as Citadel. But Citadel is not cheap. It's basically $15. Downloadable content, I tend to stick in the, you know, $5 to $10 range. If it's more than $10, even if it is $10, that still seems, you know, a bit pricey to me. That's the reason why I haven't picked up the Big Game Hunter for Borderlands 2 yet. You know, that also came out at like $10, which is, you know, pretty pricey to me for downloadable content because I mean if you think about it you know most new games are about 50 to 60 bucks 
a lot of times Amazon will give you, you know, a ten dollar coupon off, so it's basically forty to fifty dollars. You say downloadable content is, you know, one quarter of a whole new game, or you know, half of a, you know, quote unquote retro game, as I'm calling them. You know, that's that's a huge chunk of money. So, you know, in my situation right now, you know, I have to be extra careful about my money. Probably not something I will be picking up anytime soon. But for those interested, it is out there. And it has been mentioned, this is the last downloadable content they will do. And during the live stream of the multiplayer sort of content that they just released, I noticed they said that would be the last multiplayer downloadable content as well. So it looks like they're kind of closing out the stuff for Mass Effect 3. I don't know, I would still prefer to hear, you know, an announcement from Bioware that they're working on, you know, a new space opera game, as it were, and, you know, find out some information about that. But I think they're planning to move to Mass Effect 4, whatever that is. Rumors are it will be, you know, a prequel, as it were. But I would actually prefer to see them move to a whole new property, you know, maybe iron out the problems, as it were, that they had with Mass Effect 3 and you know, start a whole new series without those problems or, you know, controlling slash limiting them. I think that would be the coolest thing. Right now, the biggest thing sort of in my hopes in that regard is Bungie's Destiny project, which, you know, like I said before, I I, I won't have access to if it's not on PC because, you know, homeless and my stuff is in storage that I could play it on. So who knows, you know, what will happen with that by the time that comes out. And in similar news, as mentioned last time, Oz the Great and Powerful should be out at the time you are listening to this. Should be very cool. Looking forward to that. I might not see it right away, you know, opening weekend, because the Neverwinter beta will be going on, and I'll be, you know, interested in doing that. And so I may not, you know, have time to go to a movie, as it were. Plus, you know, it's opening weekend, and it's a Disney movie, and it's, you know, Wizard of Oz. There will be crazy number of people going. So I might wait until, you know, the second week or something. God of War Ascension is coming out soon, due on March 12th. StarCraft II, Heart of the Swarm, is also due out on March 12th. So keep your eyes out for that if you're interested in either of those. And that's it for the news this time. I found treasure not where I thought Peace of mind can't be born So I guess that is it for this week's Rabbit's Ramblings. Hopefully you had a good time, even though I didn't really have anything new, as it were, to talk about. Hopefully next time I will have cool new stuff to talk about. The Neverwinter Beta Weekend is happening, possibly, as you are listening to this, depending on, you know, when you listen to it. So hopefully I'll have that to talk about next time. Pretty much everything I could say, though, has been covered in, you know, video streams from last weekend. There's easily half a dozen to a dozen you can find on YouTube. If you search for Neverwinter and, you know, limit it to that time period, and they're all, you know, between an hour and two hours long in their stream. So they pretty much cover everything that, you know, you could possibly think to ask about it. But I might have some first-hand thoughts to mention next time. And I guess that's really it. That's all I can think of. 
I'm like super sick. I have some congestion in my throat and my lungs. I don't sound too terrible in talking just yet. Has been sort of creeping up on me for a few days to a week now, so next podcast I might sound, you know, stuffed up and congested and stuff. Hopefully it will, you know, get better and go away by then. I have started making a very high effort to have, you know, healthier snacks. Because usually during the day I'll have sort of a, a lunch and then I'll have like a snack and maybe a second snack and then dinner and then sometimes I'll have like a snack later in the night. So during the day I've I've been trying to have, you know, a healthy snack of an orange or an apple and, you know, not have bag of chips or, you know, other junky foods. I probably won't see any results in my weight for probably, I would guess, two weeks on that. I'm also drinking a lot more water. So I have several cups of water and not so much soda. I have noticed a a pretty immediate effect on that, that I'm peeing like twice as much during the night, which isn't necessarily bad. It's just unusual and odd. So again, you know, maybe I'll see some results in my weight on that, you know, in a few weeks. Keep my eye on things, see what changes how. Hopefully I'll get, you know, thinner again, because being this weight is, you know, just not deadly, I suppose. It's not like I look super terrible or anything. But I am much, you know, heavier and much less happy than, you know, I would prefer to be. Certainly makes, you know, doing things more difficult. I ran out of breath really easily. I mean, just doing a podcast sitting here talking, I'm kind of running out of breath. And it's like, you know, my asthma is worse and my allergies are worse. and So I would much rather be a lighter weight. So hopefully, you know, the diet will help me get there. Since I can control for so little of my eating slash exercise slash sleeping. But I guess that is it for this time. Can't think of anything else to say. So hopefully everybody is having a good time and you know, much better time in their life than I am. And hopefully, I will see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. So you wonder what your part is, because you're homeless and depressed. But home is where the heart is, so your real home's in your chest. Everyone's a hero in their own way. Everyone's got villains they must face. There was a ton of color in it, and being a pinball board, you know, that's typically very colorful and have lots of color. Sort of, um, they haven't. <laughs> things in my retro view. And so things in the retro view. And so things in the retro... Ah. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbitsramblings.html if you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you friend me, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on Twitter and YouTube at rabbitdot.com. It's rabbit.com, but with not a period. 
When you type rabbit's ramblings, don't use the space. And be sure to put the number 1 in place of I whenever you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2013 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.